This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. You know who I can do without? I, you know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Feed with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Uh, not too bad. How about yourself? Good, good. We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. We did... Mike, have you ever seen the movie Natural Born Killers? Yeah. We did that for Retro Late Fee. That came out today from when we're recording this, uh, two days ago, from when you're hearing it. <laughs> So that was a an interesting one. Well, we it came out today as oh, a Tuesday, Tuesday. Gotcha. right? But this comes out Thursday, so when you guys are actually hearing this, it'll be two days old. But um, yeah, so we're doing lots of fun stuff there. Mike and I still have some interesting things in the works for you guys as far as stuff in the future. We've we're doing. I'm releasing the. The audio commentaries, those are going out every Friday right now. I think Clerks was the last one that that went out, and so those are interesting to watch if you're uh, if you're down to listen to us talk more. <laughs> but news today, so D twenty three happened. Mike, are you aware of what D twenty three even is? Uh, the Mighty Ducks Part twenty three. Yeah, exactly. Emilio Estevez is back, and no, it's uh, Disney's Disney's. I don't like Disney's Comic Con, I guess, or whatever. It's I don't know. I don't know why twenty three is it the twenty third year they've done it or something like that. I don't know, but probably I guess I don't know. It's uh, they they announced a ton of stuff, including a bunch of stuff for the the Disney Plus streaming service. And they released a trailer for The Mandalorian, which is the Star Wars TV show about a Boba Fett that's not Boba Fett, apparently. It's just another Mandalorian. I guess that's the name of his race. And he, Yeah, I think that's correct. He looks like Boba Fett. He's dressed like that, but it's, it's friend of the show. Uh, what's his name? Can't, I can't think of his name. <laughs> he was on Narcos. I have no idea. Uh, you know him, though. Good friend of the show. Yeah, very good friend of the show. But no, you know him. He was the guy, he was the the one dude from from Narcos, uh, the non American one of the the agents. But anyway, so he's the Mandalorian, and I don't know. It looks it looks a lot like a spaghetti western. Oh, uh, you know, I, I just realized I was thinking of the, the show, the movie Narcs, which you didn't see. I'm like, how the fuck do you even know that? And then I realized you're talking about uh, about Pedro Pascal. Yes, Pedro Pascal, who is also on Game <laughs> of Thrones, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, so he's the Mandalorian, and, you know, like I said, it looks looks like a spaghetti western. looks kind of interesting. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens there. They also released a trailer for the new Star Wars film. Obviously, lots of Star Wars stuff this year. They also announced that to to the orgasmic joy of nerds everywhere that the Obi Wan movie with Ewan McGregor is going to happen. I guess Ewan McGregor came on stage with Kathleen Kennedy and he said, "Hey, ask me one more time if I'm going to play Obi Wan again." 
and she asked him, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do it." I it was such a so, so so we bought a zoo wasn't as lucrative as the, uh, we had all thought, huh? <laughs> right. But it's such a weird way to announce that. Like, what did people expect? It's like, hey, ask me again. And she said, she asks me, he's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> and then just storms expect, out. What, what do you expect from a Scotsman? Exactly. But so I, I am sort of interested in seeing that, I suppose. I, I'm probably I going. Like yeah, go ahead. I like this character uh, um, when he was in the Phantom Menace. I mean, mm-hmm. I, as we all know, I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but I did see. I have seen them all, so it's not like I, I'm just saying they suck and haven't seen them. I know they suck. Yeah, you watched um, the, but, the uh, three prequels with me. Yeah, I, I did. I, I and they just weren't good. Um, and they, yeah. yeah, each one was worse, which is somehow I yeah. don't know how that worked. But whatever. I agree. Maybe, maybe the maybe the second one was better, but probably not. There were some cool like sci-fi kind of effects and scenes in the second one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like Ewan McGregor's character in all those. I mean, he's a he's a good uh, you know good replacement for Alec Guinness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sort of interested in seeing it. I, I I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to get this if if for nothing else for the kids. And like you said, with the the ESPN you know add on and the Hulu add on, and I already have Hulu. So if I'm if I'm adding basically another six dollars or whatever it is to get espn and all the disney stuff i'm probably gonna do it yeah i don't think so on my end but but the espn plus is intriguing because you can watch uh, mma fights on there mm-hmm. so that alone might be uh might do it for me maybe i can like you know subscribe on you know months i want to watch them yeah yeah that's definitely uh, a possibility uh one of the other things that's coming out is an original movie called noel which apparently it stars two people I like, but it looks fucking horrible. <laughs> so it stars Anna Kendrick, and uh, you know I I enjoy watching movies. Well, I guess I don't know. I haven't seen that Pitch Perfect film, uh, and I guess I haven't seen a lot of movies she's in, but I enjoy watching her just in general. Um, like like you mean you want a bang or something? Is that what you're trying to get at, Mark? Well, yeah, she's. I mean, no, I don't because I'm. I'm happily married, but uh, she is very attractive. But uh, and then Bill Hader is in it, which you know I would just fucking wreck him. Um, but <laughs> but yeah. uh, they're you know I like I like them both a lot. But this this movie apparently is Bill Hader and Anna Kendrick are brother and sister, and they're they're Chris Kringle, Santa Claus's son. <laughs> Noel Kringle and Nick Kringle. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And Shirley MacLaine's in it as an elf. <laughs> and Billy Eichner, is that that guy that does the like he just runs Billy up on the to streets. Yeah, yeah, runs up to people on the streets. Yeah, he's in it as Gabrielle Kringle. So I, I guess I don't, oh. know if, I don't know if he's a weird uncle or just like an older brother or whatever. Yeah, I I I don't like him. He's funny. And uh, anyway, so I think it's like Chris Kringle's retiring, and it's like, hey, Nick, you you need to be Santa Claus. But Bill Hader's like, I don't want to be Santa. And they're like, well, you know, Anna Kendrick can't be Santa because she's a girl. And then she becomes Santa, and they're all like, oh, you know, sexism is dead. Uh, I think that's what the plot of the movie is. 
Probably. So it looks it look and not because a woman becomes Santa Claus. I I honestly, if anyone knows me, knows I do not give a fuck about that. But it just looks like one of those generic shitty Christmas movies. Like they're like hoping it'll be a hit because then they'll make like you know big residuals each year. Yeah, exactly. Like even like uh, what Will Ferrell gets for Elf, like on the fucking TBS station, like all day for like two weeks. I think. Uh, oh, I know, <laughs> I know, it's crazy. I think what's his name, the uh, uh, the guy from a Christmas story. I can't think of his name now. But, Ralphie something. Yeah, but he's uh, he's the daughter of uh, a famous actress too. Or I mean, he's, he's the, the daughter. He's the well, he is now. He transitioned. No, um, he didn't. He's the son of a uh, a famous actress. Uh, I can't like whose name I can't think of. Billingsley, Barbara Billingsley, the mom from Leave It to Beaver. Leave to Beaver, yeah. Yeah, his last name is Billingsley, and I can't think of his first name. But anyway, he I, I, he probably makes a ton of money off of that uh, every year too. <laughs> right. He's some famous producer and director now. Uh, like he does a lot of TV TV work, and he's I, I guess he's been working for a long time behind the scenes. Huh. Um, see the other the other news that I heard, which is sort of Disney related, although I don't think this was announced at D twenty three, which I did not look, I did not watch at all or anything. I just read stories on it for you guys, uh, or though maybe it was, I don't know. But the Simpsons apparently are going to do a a new movie, a sequel film to their original film, and they're going to do some spin off series. I don't know if that means, you know, let's focus on Maggie, let's focus on the Mr. Burns, let's, you know, I don't know exactly what, what spinoffs would be like, maybe Bart has his own family or something, I don't know, but they're, they're never going to end this, <laughs> the Simpsons, we keep, we keep hoping that eventually, and Matt Groening is, you know, a great, a great creator much respect for for many things that he's done but the simpsons is so dead but it's never ever going to end it's worse than star wars they're just going to keep and all this stuff will just go to disney plus and they'll just they'll just keep doing it i do you, do you have any interest in seeing spin-offs of the simpsons mike no, I, I. It's even to the point where the only thing I could watch were the Halloween horror like ones, the, mm-hmm. whole, the Treehouse of Horror, because you know they it seems like they would try for those, but it doesn't even seem like that now. You know, it's just like, uh, it's it's just not. You know, it's not a good show, and it has not been for a very long time. Yeah, what I understand is who's still watching The Simpsons. I don't know. I, I mean, I can't imagine that it's popular amongst young people, and I can't imagine. And, and, I think it's just people slightly older than we are. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's people that are are in their like late forties or or mid forties or something like that. I don't know. Probably because I think like it came out when I was like nine. So if I was like you know probably twelve or thirteen, it'd probably be, like a much more nostalgic kind of thing where I'd still watch it. But it, it it's been very bad for a long time. Yeah, it's just See, thought- they've done it's it's and it's you know it's unfortunate, but this is what happens with TV. They they covered everything. That they that they could cover, and now it's just recycling. Yeah, it's uh, it's like I thought the news you were gonna say was I had heard about this. Um, like you know, there's like controversy over the Apu character. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that before. Yes, like the uh, the creator. So I assume Matt Granning that he's not gonna like, take him out of the show, or which it's it's that it's that they want to take him out of the show, mm-hmm. 
and that and it was also weird that he's in there in the first place because like you know people are just like oh, i mean you kind of are used to like people just doing like weird like accents like that it doesn't seem like it's a racist thing to me you know right yeah i mean it's obviously a character i mean there's a lot of characters on the simpsons you know there's uh willie the groundskeeper who's like the scottish guy the right. Italian guys are characters crusty and especially his dad or like you know the stereotypical like Jewish characters, but I mean, it's just kind of weird. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I, I don't really understand if I should find it offensive or not. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't think I it's think, done with malice. That And that's, I think that matters. Yeah, but I think it's also the equivalent of like your grandfather telling a joke about the colors that to him isn't racist, but to you it's like, whoa, what are you, what are you saying here? Yeah, that's, that's a solid point, I guess. I think we've talked about this subject before, actually. And I think, uh, as before, I concluded that the most offensive thing is that they still have the show on the air. Yeah, that's the thing, is is you you should get rid of Abu, I guess, because the entire show should be gone. Yeah, I mean, he should be, he should go down with it. I mean, would, I mean, what, I mean, I guess they just make so much money off the Simpsons that, like, they don't even have any, like, sense of dignity anymore. It's like, you don't care about the quality of the product you're putting out there. It's just like a fucking cash cow. And again, I, I, I have no idea who's watching this. Who the hell is watching this? I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing is I don't know how it continues to make money. And it would be one thing if Matt Groening was like, well, look, this thing's really popular and I don't really give that much of a shit about it anymore, but it'll fund all these other really creative, interesting projects that I want to do. I'd be kind of okay with that because because then we'd be getting a lot of like really cool, creative things. But aside from Futurama, which is amazing, um, you know, and do, I don't think they're doing new stuff right now with that uh, either. Um, but aside from that, like he did that one thing that was on Netflix that I watched the first couple episodes of, and I was like, eh, I'm not really into it. Yeah, Disenchanted. Yeah. And my, my wife watched. She said it was okay, but yeah, I mean, if if he if keeping doing the the Simpsons allowed him to do Futurama in the first place, then it's worth it because Futurama is like the greatest one of the greatest shows ever of all time. It's, oh, for sure. And it, and what's weird is that Futurama is consistently good. I mean, it's only five seasons, which, I mean, if the Simpsons were, if you took the best five seasons of the Simpsons, you have the best show of all time. Yeah. But it's just, it's just diluted the quality so much that even, like, as I, like, every, like, yesterday I was thinking of the, you know, the episode with, like, the Hank Scorpio episode. I love that episode. You know, mm -hmm. there's the episode with, um, the monorail. You know, there's, like, some super classic episodes, like, in, you know, the early run that are just, like, still today, they're, like, the funniest things ever. Like, the Stonecutters episode, that still holds up. There's yep. so many good episodes. But then there's like I was watching it the other day because it's just on sometimes and it's like I, I don't even understand if this is a comedy at this point. It's just like it's just <laughs> I, I, I don't I I didn't I mean not a single thing was funny. I, I don't know I don't even know what joke they were going for in some cases. Like it was just like I mean it's just like a really super old like like Catskills sense of humor almost. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's and that's the thing too is it's not a comedy. It's not a drama. It's just nothing. It's 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 white noise in yellow. That's it's, it's just wacky conversations is what it should be called. Yeah, exactly. And I I totally agree. It's it's so weird. I have no idea how they're able to charge the the amount for advertisers that they that they do. Because uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I mean, I haven't looked at the numbers in a long time to see how popular it is or anything. I don't know who's watching it. Like you said, just maybe it's every single person that's like 45 years old, you know, 45 to 50 is watching it, I, I guess. I, I don't know. But I know that they, they pay, you know, uh, like Dan Castellanos, 
uh, something like five million dollars an episode or something like that. So yeah, it's it's I just don't understand. I think um, when at one point Sam Simon had said he made like like some like they just sent him a check for like ten or twenty million dollars each year, you know, and he was like just like one of the producers when it first came out. <laughs> Holy I mean, shit! He helped develop it and stuff. If, yeah. if that's if that's what was happening with him, I mean, he had been on the show for like twenty years at that point, you know. Yeah. He just, he'd, he'd he'd stopped kind of early, but you know, he still has his name on each episode, and he just get, like, was getting these giant checks. It's, I, I mean, really it's imagine insane. What, like Matt Grading gets. Yeah, Matt Grading must be like just. I I, I don't even want to. He, he probably has half a million dollars from this or more. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, so uh, the last bit of news that I have is the news that I really want to talk about. The only thing that I care about that came out of D twenty three, and the real reason that I'll be getting the Disney Plus. It's not for the kids' movies for my children. It's for the Lizzie oh, McGuire reboot. I was going to see. Yeah, I heard about that. My my wife told me about that. So. They are rebooting Lizzie McGuire. Hillary Duff is coming back. Uh, that weird animated inner voice, I'm sure, will return even though she's 30. Um, you know, it's not creepy for me to find her attractive, Mike. She's she's 31, and I'm I'm 39. She's only eight years younger than me. I mean, I guess how old was, how old was she I, I guess maybe that was first time. Yeah, I guess maybe it was different when she was like 15 and I was 23. <laughs> Still, you think? Uh, so this is what we know: Hillary Duff, obviously coming back. Apparently, she was on a show called Younger as well. Uh, <laughs> was she? What, was she now? <laughs> Apparently, was that uh, part of the uh, was that part of the uh, jailbreak uh, universe? Remember, remember when? Uh, I meant to say jail bait there, which would be really funny. I know. <laughs> Remember when uh, when you said that she'd probably be doing uh, porno at this point in her life? You're right. Yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, you know, she's going to be on a reboot of a show she was on when she was 15 for Disney+. Plus. I mean, porno might be a step up. Anyway, so, so there's there, it's not confirmed yet, but apparently she teased the return of Miranda, played by Lelaine. And Gordo, played by Adam Landberg, uh, to Entertainment Weekly shortly before the news broke. So they were busy. Yeah, apparently not. I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard of the. I've never heard of anything they've done since. Uh, though, although I haven't really kept my ear to the ground about it. But anyways, I've never seen. Aside from what you forced me to watch of this show, I don't think I've ever seen it. But wasn't wasn't there an episode where like Keith Carradine or David Carradine's on it? Robert Carradine plays her dad. Is that the Revenge of the Nerds guy? Yes. I wonder if he'll be back. I don't know. She, I would assume that... Yeah, I don't think Robert Carradine's doing anything right now, necessarily. He was on a show a few years ago with uh, Curtis Armstrong. It was like Battle of the Nerds or something like that. I don't think it was... It, was, oh, it wasn't a very good yeah. show, so I don't think it was still on. Yeah, I heard about I mean, They were fine that. on it, but it was just like kind of like a eh, whatever show. But, oh, no, wasn't it... Oh, what's, the, what's the one... Is it Keith Carradine? That's the, the guy who was on Dexter? Yes, Keith Carradine's his, his brother. Yeah, didn't you show me that when he shows up and I, I think he's his brother or something like that? Oh yeah, maybe that that could have uh, that could have been the case. And then uh, wouldn't it be great if uh, there was an episode where David Carradine was on there? Oh god! <laughs> but he wasn't playing a character; he was just playing himself after a few drinks. <laughs> hey uh, guys, anyone got some rope around? <laughs> feeling, <laughs> feeling 
feel a little randy. Did ever tell you about the time the vulture ripped parts of my face off? <laughs> yes, you did, David. You told us. Uh, so Terry Minsky, who created the show, is going to be back and serve as showrunner for the reboot. I guess her and Hilary Duff have been working on it together a little bit. I don't know. Uh, she's going to be a designer or something like that for for a magazine i don't know it sounds like it sounds what? like is that a, what the hell kind of job is that a designer for a magazine it sounds like it sounded like that what is it uh, 13 going on 30 that's what it sounded like to me that the, sounds like a job you're kind of like making up on the spot when you're unemployed and someone asks you what you do right <laughs> i'm a i'm a designer for a, a magazine Right. But uh, yeah, so they she said that she want like apparently in the show she wanted to be a fashion designer. I don't really remember that, uh, but that uh, she's had a sound off the whole time, anyways. <laughs> that uh, she um, they you know, they didn't want to go that route. They didn't want to like give her everything that she wanted or whatever. So she's she's going to be in New York, and I don't know where. Hey, the thing is, is I do you really think now? In all seriousness, because I mean, obviously, I brought this up just so you could make fun of me. But in all seriousness, do you think that this is going to work? I mean, the show, the show is ostensibly about a teenage girl and her friends and kind of coming of age, sort of, you know, coming to grips with with different things. And it was kind of a, a lighthearted comedy, not a raucous comedy, but a you know, sort of a light comedy, uh, but kind of like coming of age thing. Now that she's 31 years old, she has her, she has a child in real life. I don't know if she's going to have a child in the reboot. Uh, I does, can they really, I don't know where they're going to go with the story of this. I don't really know how you make this work. I don't know. I never watched it. So I, I have no idea. Yeah. You only watched that like the 15 minutes of the two episodes I, I made you watch. Yeah, and you kept insisting that I find it good as well, but I did not, so it was a little uh, awkward. Was it as awkward as when, uh, you know, I showed you the uh, poster of Hillary Duff I had in my bedroom? About the same. <laughs> well, that is the news that I have uh, for this week. So we will move on from my shame to uh our shared shame because we'll we'll get into dumpster diving mike we watched or i guess i don't need to tell you i'll tell everyone else we watched no they don't an episode of the a-team called body slam starring none other than terry what's his name terry Bolier. no i can't think of his real last name it's hulk oh, it's like Bol- yeah, it's like Bola or something. Yeah, Hulk Hogan. That's uh, that's who's in it. So, <laughs> yeah, this is a ridiculous episode of a ridiculous show. If this was, this was really crazy to me. Do you want to hear one of the many insane things about this? Yeah, go ahead. Is I told I told, and like so you you know you found it and you watched it, mm-hmm. and I looked it up myself because I forgot the name of it, and I realized there were actually two different episodes where Hulk Hogan makes an appearance. Oh my god! Yeah, but luckily this was the one I was thinking of. So I'm like, oh my god, I'll have to watch this fucking thing. I've Hulk Hogan. Uh, yeah. So the the episode starts. First of all, the episode starts out real, like really oddly, just with 
you know, a uh, a guy, an old man, Italian mobster or whatever, getting let out of jail, and then just waving to his kid that's there, and then then we cut to Hulk Hogan wrestling in the ring. There's no, there's no explanation for any of this. Uh, we just see it, and then Hulk Hogan is wrestling with the uni- entire A team, uh, uh, Sands Hannibal, by ringside. And for guys that are supposed to be hiding out from the government, they're just sitting ringside. I mean, I know that they mention it. They give it passing mention. Yeah, yeah and, and the special seat. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, Mean Gene Okerlund keeps mentioning as uh, as Hulk Hogan gets thrown out of the ring or whatever and and. And Mr. T comes over there like, oh, he must be a really good friend of Hulk Hogan's. This must be, you know, like, they just keep, they must keep putting the camera on him. It's just not a good idea for the, for, you know, what they're supposed to be doing. And uh, so Hulk Hogan. Because if if there's somebody who's uh, not distinctive, it's a guy with a mohawk and gold. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. So. So it should have taken the, F- the FBI like five minutes to pick him out of the crowd. <laughs> yeah, Hannibal comes over uh, in a ridiculous costume and says, "You know, hey, sitting by ringside's not that good of an idea, guys. Uh, but go about your business." <laughs> and, and then he leaves. To be fair, though, Mister T is dressed exactly like Hulk Hogan, so maybe things will confuse them. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> the agents came up, they wouldn't know which one is Hulk Hogan, which one's Mr. T. It's like he stopped at the souvenir shop on the way in and bought every Hulk Hogan item for sale. <laughs> it would be like one of those scenes in a TV show where there, there are, there's a clone, and it's like, how do I know which one's the real one? Right. The agents <laughs> say, was- ask him something only that uh, Mr. T would know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was uh, very much uh, dressed up for the occasion. And then, and then, of course, after this, we go into a very... This, this this whole episode just made me question everything about the eighteen. <laughs> I have so many questions now. Because after this, we find out that, of course, a special friend, uh, Mr. T, is out there. And because uh, Hulk Hogan cuts this uh, promo where he's like talking about raising money for like the rec center. Like, yeah. That's literally the plot of this uh, episode. But he does not say what he's raising money for. He says it's no. a charity and that it's a really good charity. And everyone that, that you know, comes for when he's coming back to his hometown of L.A. Uh, and he'll announce what the charity is. Everyone's going to know it's a great charitable organization. But he doesn't take the time while he's on national TV to actually say what the charity is. Yeah, he's hyping it up. That's what wrestlers do. <laughs> Well, yeah, but yeah, so he goes into this weird, like, you know, conversation about, oh, yeah, I'm raising money for charity. And then him and the BA get into this argument, which is the most ridiculous argument. It's like basically, like, oh, no. They, first of all, they claim they were both in uh, Vietnam at the same time, which yeah. the rest of the A team was on fucking BA's team. They would know who he was. Yeah, you would think because they I mean, were. Aside from, aside they were from Murdoch. They were part of the same units. A team. That's why I think the show's called the A team. Yeah, exactly. But apparently he would. So I guess maybe they were setting off like a setting up like a Vietnam era spinoff with a uh, Hulk Hogan and a uh, Mr. T, which I would watch all day, every day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So they're arguing about. But then I realized, I'm like, wait a second. When you think about it, BA taken many, many injuries to the head, courtesy of the A team. Mm-hmm. They've constantly knocked this guy out, drugged him, and like his mind is probably just so fragile that he probably doesn't even know for sure what the truth is. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, they get into an argument about who saved who in Vietnam. 
Yeah, and one of them pass out, and they don't remember which one passed out. Yeah, and then it turned out they both passed out, and then they woke up in a hospital. So it sounds like somebody else saved the two of them. Right. And, you know, at first I was like, there's no way that Hulk Hogan could have been in Vietnam. But then I looked it up. He was born in 1953, so it, it is conceivable. You know, he would have been... 18 in, in, 1950, in 1971, so he definitely could have been in Vietnam. I don't know exactly how he avoided Vietnam, to tell you the truth now. I think the draft wasn't as severe near the end, and that was, you know, kind of when the yeah. area. Yeah, it, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't. I know that they were, that in 1972, that's when they were, um, as the opening tells us, that's when they... Uh, you know, were arrested for a crime they didn't commit. A crime that I still don't... I, I haven't watched a lot of episodes of The A-Team, admittedly, but I have no idea what the crime was. <laughs> it was murder. Oh, was it? Yeah, they uh, they were part of the secret... Like, uh, I, I think they're supposed to be a special forces team, but, like, the special forces weren't super, like, you know, like, popular back then, so maybe they didn't explicitly say it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they were uh, they were sent on a secret mission to, uh, to rob the bank. Okay. Because they thought it would demoral, it would quicken the end of the war. Because if they stole like billions of gold, you know their economy would kind of collapse. Right. Which I don't know how they would do that, but that's that's what the whole idea was. And when they came back, they were like double crossed. I think the guy that they did the job for was killed, and they were blamed for his murder. Oh, interesting. Okay. And this is another thing that I just realized about the eighteen watching this. I'm like every every episode. I mean, these are so so far. Like I've watched so many episodes of the eighteen. Like I've watched a lot. Um, and so in every episode, at the very beginning, they're like handles in some crazy disguise, and then you realize, oh wait, we need to save so and so, and then they're like, oh, but we they have an overly elaborate way of you know contacting them, like it, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, I'm actually not a watchman. It's like, why would you be a watchman? It's fucking 1984. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, 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 and it, it's really weird because like, uh, so they do that, and the person's like, oh, I can't afford you. They're like, well, you don't have to this one, and it's like. Clearly, they kept that fucking gold they stole because how else would they fund their like you know Playboy lifestyle just driving around LA helping people? No shit. There's no other way it's possible. They never ask for money ever. They're spending thousands of dollars on disguises and helicopters, and you know they have to fucking pay for uh, Mr. T's jewelry. Yeah, absolutely. They're just like playboys, like just like globe trotting playboys who uh, just shoot at people and never hit them. Yeah, and and. and- Two trucks, by the way, flip in the openings, like in the in the credits. <laughs> like that's how often trucks flip over in this show. Two it's of them, episode. yeah, two of them flip over in the actual opening of the show. Yeah, every episode, they shoot at the bad guys, which causes them to drive off the road. Yeah, that's how they they never shoot anybody. They just shoot, like shoot at the car, and it either goes in a ditch, and you see them like all like kind of walking out, rubbing their heads. Or they drive like drive into a, a body of water sometimes. Mm-hmm. So after this argument, uh, we see. I think this is where we go. We yeah, we flash to this woman who's running a like a boys kind of what is a it? Boys club, really? Yeah, it's it's a place for kids to go to play and and swim and things like that. To not be on the street, not join a gang, stuff like that. It's like a rec center for for kids after school. And these mob dudes come in there and they're like, hey, here's some money. We want to buy your place. 
and you know you're going to sell it to us and she says you know we're not going to sell it uh he says hey your dad would would sell it or something like that she goes how would you know my father or whatever and he he would never close this place down blah 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 so she rips up the check and says you know get out of here and the guy gets all pissed off and says hey close that door <laughs> Right then, I was like, oh, no, this is not going to go well. So he says, uh, hey, you know, I'm sick of you turning down good offers. And they're clearly about to assault her. Now, she opens a drawer where we can see she has a gun. But she stands up and does not pull out the gun. They kind of threaten some of the kids and say, hey, you know, remember you had that fire last, last, last month? And they intimate that they were the ones responsible for it. And everything, surprise inspections, all this stuff. We're going to make your life a living hell kind of thing. And she's like, you, you're you not going to touch any of these kids. And then the door opens and a kid enters. And when the kid enters, even though they don't do anything, they don't really make a threatening move towards him or anything like that. And this kid's got a bat in his hand. Now is when she decides to pull out the gun, <laughs> hold it at the guys and say, get out of here, Billy, or whatever. Like yeah, that, 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 that was more traumatizing to the kid than just walking in and asking his question. Yeah, I, I don't understand that at all. So then uh, he leaves, uh, obviously, and the door closes. There's a knock on the door. They're like, hey, kid, get out of here. So they open the door, and it's it's Hulk Hogan, who I'm pretty sure at this point can't know that they're threatening her in any way. Yeah, yeah. This is the most ridiculous part of the entire episode. <laughs> he, he, it's just a guy opens the door, and his immediate response as, as, to not seeing her is to just start punching. So he punches no, him no, in the no, face. No. It's worse than that. What happens is he's punching when the door opens, so he doesn't know who's opening the door at all. <laughs> he has no idea who opens the fucking door. He probably knows it's her. He wants to beat some... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So then he starts throwing the people around. The was a fucking kid with a bat. Yeah, exactly. So now he, he just starts throwing them around and everything. And, uh, you know, she's like, Hulkster. And she's like, everyone calls him Hulkster in this episode. So. It's in his contract. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so she, um, you know, she explains that uh, they've been harassing her and everything. And. And they're like, oh, I wonder why they want this place in particular, um, these mobsters. <laughs> so they uh, they say that um, they want Hulk Hogan and and Mr. T to go be a Baracus to go to the yacht that this guy's selling. Also, this guy is talking to his dad and he's. He's bragging to his criminal father that's been in jail for years that their business is now 80% legitimate <laughs> and, uh, and everything. Um, so he's selling this yacht, and, uh, and um, Hannibal's like, go over there, let him know you're in town, and uh, you know, intimidate him, basically. Yeah, a funny part about that is... Um, like. Hulk Hogan just wants to go over and shocking to no one just wants to start beating ass like mm-hmm. when he went to the uh, rec center office. Yeah. 
But like, uh, what's funny is like BA is like talking about how you have to have a plan, and like if and that's like a funny joke for anybody who watches the show regularly because BA just does not have plans. He drives the van and he like fucking intimidates people. That's all he does. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and he can build machinery like crazy. Like you put him behind a wall, he'll build a machine. He, he, it, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> But yeah, so he's like, you know, Hannibal's the one that makes the plans. So let's ask Hannibal. And Hannibal's like, Hannibal basically just says exactly what Hulk Hogan says. Go over there, beat some ass, and tell him you're here in town and intimidate him. And then he says, we're going to go to City Hall and, and see if we can find something out about this building, why they might want this building in particular. So they break and they go do that. Uh, you know, while while on the boat, they... they <laughs> Hulk Hogan's talking about the charity for this uh, this this Boys Town thing, and uh, he's talking to one of the guys that already donated, and he's like, "Hey, you should get uh, you know this dude to donate the mobster guy." He's like, uh, "He's uh, you know he's good for it," and he goes, "Oh yeah, why don't you write me a check right now?" <laughs> so he uh, you know they do that, and then at, at this time Murdoch is is with Face. Uh, in the like the the birth of the boat, and they're looking around at different papers trying to find things, and they see. Yeah, what, what I, I'm sorry. What I, what I realize here is Dwight Schultz is actually very good in the A team. Like not having watched it for you know many years, mm-hmm. like going back, he's actually doing like a really convincing job of playing like a person with mental illness. Oh like, yeah, not really over the top. Like back when I watched it, like you know as a child, I was like, oh, he's so wacky, but now I was like, oh my god, that's kind of scary. Yeah, it's a very it's a it's a very subtle and good performance. But they so they notice the dad there, and uh, I think they get a picture of him or something. And uh, or no, they they just describe him later. That's what it is. So they go back to Hannibal. Uh, they you know everyone kind of reconvenes and they and they talk. And did uh did you get the impression that the mobster's dad like that was his first time ever trying an Italian accent? Yes, because I, I wasn't sure what he was supposed to be at first. It was the most ridiculous. Like I was like, is he Greek? What yeah, was... that's what he, that's what he sounded like Greek, or he sounded like a uh, Mark McKinney's, uh, you know, cab driver and uh, kids in the hall. Yeah, like that's what he sounded like more than. I'm like, is this guy like Slavy? You Serbian bastards! Right, that's what he sounded like. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous, but he um. So they, they all kind of talk about it, and basically Hannibal says, well, look, you know, uh, years ago this guy got arrested because he he stole, he went to do the, like this armored truck robbery, and they, uh, you know, they stole a bunch of gold, and one of the guards from the armored truck got killed, the other one, you know, lived... And, uh, you know, he went to jail for this, but they never found the gold. And she's like, oh, my dad used to be a security guard. And they're like, yeah, you know, that's what we're thinking, is that your dad was in on this plan and that he got the gold while the other guy took the fall. And they're like, you know, hey, sorry if uh, sometimes when we dig into things like this, you know, we find out things that people don't want uh, to know. And basically she goes, hey, you know, he was my dad, and I loved him. But as far as I know, he could have been the fucking devil. Is <laughs> basically what she says. So she's like, "Yeah, I'm fine with it." Um, so it's like it's like they they have like the wrong writers on the show for a minute there. Like, yeah. Oh wait, no, no, we don't do that. She's like, oh, well, okay. 
So, so basically what they're saying is they, they want this property because obviously he buried the gold there. It was a vacant lot when, when in the, the, I think they said 53 or something like that when the crime took place and now it's, it's, um, you know, now they, they built this thing over there. So basically he buried it on this vacant land, then bought the land and I guess built this, this boys town there to, uh, to cover. I hope he bought the land first. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so anyway, this just kind of goes back to my uh, Futurama theory. Like you know, sometimes you have to do something to something uh, good happen. Exactly, exactly. So uh, what happens next? I'm trying to remember. Of course, do- he was probably fucking those kids. <laughs> I mean, these guys. Are- <laughs> well, you know, if he was, if the, if he was Greek. They have a they have, they, they have a reputation that uh, when they try and uh, uh, let's not okay. Um, but yeah, after that, like uh, they kidnap Hulk Hogan and uh, who else? Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And they take him to of all places, the uh, place where the wrestling match occurred, and uh, <laughs> it's one of the most ridiculous <laughs> things ever. They, they go to a dark room, and when like, Hulk Hogan flips the switch, it turns out they're in a weight room. Are there wrestlers? Or are they prepared to ambush these guys who are carrying guns? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing too. Is they're just standing there with guns in their hands, but these wrestlers can just pick them up and throw them around. It's like they never yeah. think to fire these guns. I think it's a pretty intimidating scene. He's like, "Oh my god, they're wrestlers!" But as an adult man, it's like, "What the fuck are you doing, Hulk Hogan?" Right. <laughs> But of course, Hulk Hogan picks a guy up and throws him right against the wall, and the guy doesn't break any bone in his body, I don't think. No, no, he's totally fine. So I believe they all scamper off at the end after being handily defeated by the unarmed uh, wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So then they, they end up they end up in a cemetery, right? You know, this is a really ridiculously... I, I forgot this show is an hour long. Yeah. Because there's a whole part where um, they get arrested mm-hmm. by the military because it's a, it's a sting. The whole thing was the whole time. Yeah, which makes no sense at all. I mean, how's how's this elaborate, you know, thing involving a freshly released criminal sting? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't get any of it either. Yeah. But then they're they're gotten out of jail by Murdoch because he, Murdoch never gets arrested because he was never part of the A team. He was just like, like kind of like this like crazy Vietnam vet who, like, kind of just hung out with them. Yeah. Like, which is odd. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but if he just impersonates a colonel and then goes and, like, just grabs him right out of jail, it's just it's just the most ridiculous thing ever. Like, it's like a... Why'd you even set this up in order to do this when you're just going to get them out in, like, five minutes? Yeah, it takes no time at all for him to get them out. He just goes in there and says, hey, uh, you know, he goes up to one of the soldiers... <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, we're we're gonna go in there and uh, you know, and take these out, these guys out. And he's like, oh, the colonel doesn't want them moved. And he just grabs the stripes on his uh, uniform, pulls them off, and says, "You'll get these back when you learn to obey orders or something like that." <laughs> yeah. And and then he's like, now let us, you know, put all put your guns in there. <laughs> From like none of it makes sense. They just obey, and then he goes in there and says they don't ask for ID at all. The uniform's enough, apparently. Yeah, and, things are less uh, strict back then. And he says, "Hey, we're taking them." And they're like, "Oh, the colonel doesn't want to move." And he goes, uh, "Hey, look, 
You think I'm an idiot? This guy's. I got this guy's stripes here. You want you want to lose yours too? Uh, I'm taking them. Colonel knows about it. And they're like, oh, okay, of course. Now they know that somebody else works with the A-team that they didn't arrest. It's just the whole thing. I don't get how, he, how he's not also arrestable because see the A-team, he's with them often driving, you know, like a helicopter to get them away from like Colonel Decker and his troops. Yeah, he's aiding and abetting them. Yeah, he, he he's he's basically on the A team and then some by this point. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he they get they get out. Uh, Hannibal just waves, you know, at the colonel and everything. It's a big fuck you moment. And then they're somehow allowed to also attend the wrestling match at the end. But yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like they know he they're hanging around with Hulk Hogan and they don't uh they don't follow him at all. But nah. uh so they um what happens what happens next after they get out? I'm trying to remember now. Yeah, I I I, I most this episode of my memory. It's just uh it's so weird. It's an odd odd episode. They go back to the um they go back to the wrestling match, and then there's like a like the 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 bad guys show up again, and they again start fighting the rest the wrestlers. <laughs> and so you just see them like picking people up and like throwing them through like these like you know um, what do you call it plywood like a concession stand. Yeah, yeah. They basically explode when a person contacts them. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just another excuse for a wrestling match, and then for Hannibal to say, "Is there such thing as a, a five member tag team or something like that?" Yeah, and then like I think it's like, and then it cuts again to uh, them arguing over who life in Vietnam, and then they get mm-hmm. a wrestling kind of match. In. Yeah, so they save they save the girls thing. You know, they raise the money. The mobsters are you know done with all this, even though they didn't get killed or anything like that. They're not a scratch on them. They're just gonna give up. Apparently, they've been beaten up too many times by Hulk Hogan, and now it's over. And then. Yeah, uh, BA's afraid of flying. That guy gets brought up. So at the end, the, and the entire episode, BA's like, Hulk Hogan, you gotta be afraid of something. And he's like, oh, I'm not afraid of anything, brother. I'm not afraid of anything, brother. And uh, so at the end, he goes, Hey, you know, there is something I'm afraid of. And he's like, Oh, I knew it. And he's like, What is it? He's like, Well, it has to do with the water. And he's like, Oh, you're afraid of the water? And he goes, No. No, I'm afraid of what happens to me when I'm around the water. I, it makes me want to throw people in. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like I'm the wacky guy at a party. That's why I'm. That's why I'm afraid of, of you know. So Boy. then he he goes to try to throw BA in the water, and then they they kind of wrestle a little bit, and then uh, it ends in a draw because it's got to end in a draw because I'm sure it's both in their contracts that they can't lose a fight. And so, so that's how it ends. And, and then, uh, like you said, I guess there's another episode where they come back together. But that was yeah. uh, that was the episode of the A Team this week. Yeah, and there's a lot of weird observations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, watching it again, I haven't you know seen this in a long time. George Papard, like he looks so so bored on the, on the show. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, he, he puts, I, I thought he was just like being cool, but he just is really putting no effort at all into the character. Yeah, you can see George Papard kind of look off screen at his agent holding up uh, the yeah, uh, just his bank account. That, that's what he's doing. He's mentally counting how much money he is. Yeah, exactly. The thing I observed is I, I I think I could probably make a pretty sound theory that the entire events of the A Team show are all happening in Murdoch's head. Okay. Just think about it. He's a he's a mental. Uh, Patient probably suffered from PTSD and schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Who was in the Vietnam War, and then like he like, kind of like imagines like having all these like, crazy adventures with like this 
super cool team of uh, you know specialized uh, war that in real life would never ever be caught. You know, they'd be caught in five minutes because you know, I mean, you have fucking Mr. T on the Yeah, exactly. And who wouldn't recognize Mr. T in like two seconds? Right. Exactly. So I mean, the whole thing is just ridiculous. And then also uh, another uh, thing that this kind of uh, revealed to me is that not only this, but most of the villains in a lot of '80s, '90s type of shows are real estate developers. Yeah, I mean, both, uh, like a good amount of all conflict takes place over real estate. Yeah, and I think I, I kind of figure that it's because uh, all the writers are probably like newly wealthy from writing on these shows, so they're probably buying new houses and trying to like you know do crazy stuff like oh I'm going to add a new a new pool and all this shit. They're probably just like you know having like issues with like real estate boards and that kind of stuff. So <laughs> that's why they're all fixated on real estate. <laughs> that's think about awesome. Poltergeist, you move into the wrong neighborhood. Yeah, that's true. The money pit, obviously. Yeah, so the the greatest villain uh, in the 80s would have been Donald Trump then. (laughs) (laughs) Probably, yeah. (laughs) Oh, so different from today. Um, Anyway, (laughs) so yeah, that's... there's your movie. That's uh, that's some surviving. Um, Now, we will move on to Keeping Current with Mike, where we plumb the depths of the, I don't know, whatever, the cultural zeitgeist, the celebrity gossip, stuff we don't know anything about. Mike, where are we going today? Today we're going to a new website. Uh, my wife was nice enough to make me a list of different gossip websites that I had never heard of before. Cool. Uh, it's called twofab.com. T-O-O. Too fab. Yeah, this uh, this first headline, uh, it's a doozy. Okay. It's R-H-O-C recap, which I learned before on this segment is Real Housewives of Orange County. Yeah, I believe so. I assume it's, the, uh, is it the one in New Jersey or California? Do you ever, I don't know, That's that's a good question. California, I think. Because I think the the people from that uh, American like Chopper show, you know, mm-hmm. one of those motorcycles like shows, they're from like Orange County, but it's actually like Orange County, New Jersey, which I was kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Sons of something, I don't know. Sons of Anarchy. They, I don't think that's it. <laughs> um, but anyways, RHOC recap: Eight guys, Kelly accusation to interstate. Wait, eight guys? What? Pulled a train on Kelly. Accusation. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of a that's kind of a surprise. Wow. Okay. Maybe I need to start watching the show. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know any of the context, but it's a it's a fucking hell of a attention getter for a headline. Yeah, it is. Okay, so let's see. Kelly, Real Housewives of Orange County. Um. Okay, so. That is, wait one second, Kelly, R-H-O-C, I guess that's the uh, the best way to do it. That is Kelly Dodd. So, Kelly Dodd is, Kelly Dodd's ex talks about um, uh, her cheating on him, I guess. So she's With a, eight guys. She's a TV personality. In uh, a row? 37. Hey, try not to try not to run any trains on the way to the parking lot. Hey, quit following her. Oh my god. Okay, so she does not have a Wikipedia, apparently. 
uh, which is great. But um, she's uh, all she all it says is she's a TV personality. Uh, born September 26, 1975. She is 43 years old. She was married for one year to Michael Dodd, who is uh, an executive, I guess. So, great. Uh, he could marry an executive for one year. That'd be sweet. Let's see. Uh, I mean, can this can this mean what we think it means? You know, like, I. what else could it mean? It better. It could mean nothing else. Yeah, like, was she lying on some train tracks and some guys pulled a train over? Would that be a fucking headline like this? <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay, so apparently uh, it's a rumor that Vicky heard, <laughs> whoever that is. Uh, they swore to keep their mouth shut about it. Are you talking about the train? <laughs> said Shannon. Well, this is a, this is a classic part right here. I clicked on the article. Uh, Tamra Judge explained to the camera that pulling a train means having sex with multiple people, one right after the other. Oh my god! All right, well, uh, good for her, I guess. I don't know. Did she want this? Who I mean, knows? if it's consensual, I mean, who cares if you know, you know, if he's married or not married? Yeah, I think she. Well, she's divorced, I guess. I think I don't think she's married anymore so she's so she's not a housewife anymore <laughs> i don't know i don't know she's an ex-wife oh well, maybe maybe she still like gets enough in like alimony and shit that she doesn't have to work so she just is kind of like stays at home technically stays at home and uh stays stays at her house which she is uh nicknamed the train station <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god whenever, uh, her, whenever her children are watching thomas the train engine she gets all worked up <laughs> Well, good for you, Kelly. Uh, you know you're forty three. Yeah, I mean, you're forty three, and you still got it. I mean, if it's consensual and she's happy about it, who cares? I mean, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't understand if this would be a headline like in another country, like you know, in a European country. But maybe I don't know. It's scandalous. It's titillating. Why not? She does say that she does deny the deny it though. Just uh, just to put out that that out there, she says she's never even had a threesome. Let alone had eight guys fuck her in a row. So, but she was spotted buying twenty bags of ice that night. So who knows? <laughs> uh, okay. What uh, what's next on the uh, on the list here of this two next, fab? This next headline is really weird. Um, it, it's former UTA UTA agent. I think that's like a talent agency. Okay. Linked to Gwen Stefani, charged with murder of stepfather. Holy shit! Wait, Gwen Stefani's stepfather or their own no, no, stepfather? No, 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 I think it's her, I think it's her own stepfather. I mean, just why is that even news? I mean, someone like you. This how how hard are you fucking reaching to make this a head? Yeah, yeah. You t- of, someone who was once employed by this person was charged with murder. <laughs> UTA is apparently United Talent Agency. It's a talent yeah, agency. Bigger, yeah, go ahead. It's one of the bigger talent agencies. It's like them and like some other group. I can't remember what it's called, uh, but they're all like the two. CCA. The talent agencies. I think that's it. Yeah, CCA is the one I I think I've heard of. But um, yeah, apparently it was founded by uh, I don't know some people. Oh, uh, Jim Burkus and Jeremy Zimmer. And David Kramer and I don't know a bunch of people I don't know. Uh, 
are, uh, but they're, they're, yeah, they're a talent agency. They employ approximately 900 people, around 300 of which are agents. And, uh, yeah, so if you want to murder your stepfather, don't work there or you'll end up in the paper, I guess. I, don't yeah, I just don't get how that's even a story. It's like such a tangential like relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even it's not even her current like you know agent. It's her ex agent. Yeah, it's weird for Gwen Stefani's name to be associated with this story. Yeah, when she left, you know, in handcuffs. Gwen Stefani, look <laughs> me up, right? <laughs> and some uh, gumshoe was out there going, "What a scoop." <laughs> But yeah, so uh, so some lady that once was kind of related to Gwen Stefani through a work relationship <laughs> murdered her stepfather, allegedly. Yeah, it's like uh, a person that once uh, sold Stephen King a uh, a muffin at Starbucks accused of killing his best friend. Right. Did the uh, did touching the author cause it to happen? And then it was also died. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Speaking of which, our next headline is uh, Kelly Dodd's ex, Dr. Brian, addresses cheating allegations. Oh, okay. So, uh, it's, it's, and this is exclusive, but I mean, just why, why who, who cares enough about the story? I, I don't understand it. Um, yeah. Our next headline is Malika H-A-Q-Q? Hack? I don't know. I'm not sure who that person is. Um, but she quit Xanax after switching to CBD to treat anxiety. Oh, good for her. Yeah, I, I'd say that's a that's a that's an upbeat story because I mean, if I, I've always heard like Xanax is addictive and like if you quit it abruptly, you could like you know, have adverse medical side effects. By the way, neither Mark or I are doctors. Don't take any of this as you know actual advice. Correct. Um, but you know, like I think it's like wean yourself off of this shit. But like CBD, from what I can tell, has like no bad side effects at all. Yeah, I um. So from what I know about it, and like Mike said, we're not doctors. You know, we really don't know shit. But I, I do suffer from anxiety, too, as uh, apparently many people do. I don't know. Maybe we are living in a simulation, and uh, the reason that everyone else is getting anxiety is because I have anxiety, and I'm the only person that exists in the world, and none of you are real. And if that's the case, all just listen. I mean, like, simulation, just make our show the most popular podcast in the world. Uh, why not? Um Anyway, so, uh, um, but I do, uh, I do suffer from anxiety and, uh, I don't really take Xanax. Uh, I have, uh, a co- on a couple of occasions taken, uh, I think it's like a quarter of a milligram, like the, the very smallest dosage, uh, that they make, uh, you know, maybe three or four times in my entire life. Um, because I don't, I don't like, but that's part of my anxiety is I don't like taking medications. Is, is it true that if you crush it up and snort it, it works better? I would assume yes, <laughs> but I've never, okay, just but, but I've never done it. You'd have to ask Carol about that because she's the uh, Xanax uh, uh, expert. <laughs> but, Jeez, but you want to edit that part out? Yeah, she, uh, she, uh, she likes Xanax. Um, no, I'm just joking. Jeez. But uh, uh, what a scoop! <laughs> but I have heard that the CBD oil, which I haven't tried yet, but I kind of want to try. I've heard that uh, that works really well, and that is legal here in Michigan. So uh, that's something I kind of want to try. Yeah, it's like at every like gas station, they all. Yeah, and it does not get you high, apparently. Uh, which I didn't. No, I've, I've taken it. Yeah, go ahead. I've taken it before. Like uh, it's supposed to be a good like anti-inflammatory too. But I, I, you know, I, I do have a bit of anxiety myself. My wife is probably shaking her head right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, and I've taken it. It does kind of. I feel less anxious. But I don't know if it's psychosomatic or what. But I mean, I've taken it a couple times, and you know, it doesn't. It, it's I had no bad effects. It feels like it works, but I don't really know if it does. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the thing is uh, that surprised me was I was like, okay, so you take CBD oil and it, you know, it gets you high, like like uh, you know, like smoking pot and stuff. But it, apparently, I guess it can if you have like really really low tolerance to marijuana. But for, I, I, but for the I, I most part, it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. It's got like 0.1%. It's just like a byproduct of one of the many things found in like, you know, marijuana. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, I, I didn't realize that it didn't. But, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, the whole kitten caboodle is is, uh, is legal here in Michigan. So, you know, smoke you up. You have to throw out the baby with the bathwater in Michigan. Exactly. <laughs> Other third uh, old-timey phrase. Um but uh you know so so smoke up and uh listen to massive late fee uh you know the podcast the one you're listening to right now yeah so do what you're already doing yeah but just smoke up too i guess uh, but anyway Are you g- freaking out g- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah it's not like it's not like there's a devil in the corner <laughs> don't worry about that uh, but good for Malik. Yeah. Was the TV was the TV already on? I don't know. Wait a second. Is is the is is the stove on? Is that gas you smell? <laughs> oh, oh, the cops are outside. Oh wait, it's legal. It doesn't matter. Um, Malika. So good for Malika. Uh, ha- 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 yeah, I don't know. Wherever. Good for her. It sounded. It looks like someone started to write a name and then just died in the middle of typing it, and that's where her last name came from. Yeah, I don't know what. Uh, I don't, I've never heard of a name like that. It's, it's an interesting origin, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a stage name. I don't know. Good for her, though. Good for her. And uh, that's all I have from Two Fab, the uh, leading source of a gangbang room. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Celebritygangbang.com. That's what uh that's what it should change its name to. Oh my god, I I bet I was gonna say I bet that's a site. I'm gonna look it up right now. Celebritygangbang.com. Uh oh the site can't be reached. Um all right. Maybe it doesn't exist, or maybe it's so maybe it's only on the dark web. Jeez, I don't know. Uh, I've never been to the dark web. I don't maybe even, how do you get to the dark web? I don't even know. Maybe it's a dot org. Oh yeah, it could be. No, the dark web. You need a special uh, router called the uh, Tor. It's for the Onion router. It kind of like tries to conceal your identity, which it isn't one hundred percent at doing because the founder of um, what was it called? The uh, the pirate something. Pirate Bay. Pirate Bay, maybe. Okay. Not Pirate Bay. It's like it was like a, a dark website. Uh, the Silk Road. That's what it was. Gotcha. But like, caught by the FBI because he kind of tracked him so not. It might have been through the router, but I think they might be able to do that. Guess what? So you know how anytime there's anytime they mention a dot com on uh, on a TV show, they have to buy that, you know, so that somebody else doesn't get it. Celebritygangbang.com is available. According, yeah. according to GoDaddy.com, here's how much it costs. You know, usually they're like 99 cents, right? It's $688. Jeez, I'm not buying that. Now, according to GoDaddy, why it's great. 
<laughs> uses the dot com extension, Celebrity Gangbang is unique. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> when you think about it, I mean, you've never seen like you've seen celebrity sex tapes, but never like a celebrity gangbang tape, right? So, so here's protect your name with these domains. So you, these are the related domains you can get. Celebrity-gangbang.com. These are all 99 cents for the first year. Uh, TheCelebrityGangbang.com. E-CelebrityGangbang.com. CelebrityGangbangUs.com. Jeez. And then CelebrityGangbangs, plural, dot com. Oh my God! I you know I can't yeah, I believe a, I can't believe Kelly, no one owns that. This Kelly Dodd lady's got to you know buy the site and release the tape. No shit! Oh my God, that's awesome. Uh so yeah. So uh, that's that's it for uh, whatever the hell this thing is called. Keeping yep. up, keeping current, maybe with Mike. I don't know. Keeping Kardashians. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, you know, it's, that's funny. It's keeping current with Mike. It's kind of like keeping up with the Kardashians, which is celebrity trash. And uh, and this segment is celebrity trash. Yeah. Okay, so now, Parents Guide that was, Game. That What'd you say? That was intentional. Yeah. Uh, so, Parents Guide Game. I'm going to go with the one I'm, I'm not sure that you've seen first, and then we'll we'll do the other one. The one I know you've seen. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> a woman gets her pants pulled off, but she still has her underwear on. There is no sex in it. In the underwear? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so weird. What a weird sentence. A woman gets her pants pulled off, but she still has her underwear on. There is no sex in it. <laughs> I think it There's means... No sex in your violence? Yeah, exactly. That's what they mean. Nope. That's that's pretty close though. Usually I don't give away a hint like that, but that's that's pretty close. Fast times over Ryan. No, no, you you'll get it soon. We briefly see a man showing a lot of butt crack in one scene. <laughs> um uh Plumber, the movie. <laughs> Is that a horror movie? I don't know. No, that's not it. Um let's see. The upturned face of a dead man is dramatically revealed. Blade? No. Oh, Blade would have been a good one. There are no F-words in this film. However, there's plenty of other bad language, such as shit, ass, asshole, goddamn, damn hell, bitch, or crap, which is not really in the same category. No. And this this is, uh, I, I don't know, should I admit Huh, maybe for the sake of fairness, I won't say the F word. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean fuck, you know, because I mean, if we don't say the N word, then I mean, is that fair? I don't, I don't know. This word, I, I think, is a much more hilarious word, though. Um, but that word is used once in an, as an insult, not as a homosexual reference. Oh, okay. Son of a bitch, piss, etc. The word screw, bang, and hump are used sexually. Hmm. Uh, go. No. Uh, a man is seen dead, died from dehydration. Dehydration? Yep. Is this uh, Indiana Jones? Nope. Huh. You were closer um, with gremlins. A character gets knocked around a little in a raging river. 
knocked around in a raging river. A little. All right, just a little. Um, the Fugitive. No. A dozen lambs are seen cut up with blood covering the ground. Silence of the Lambs? No. I don't think we ever actually had a flashback of that. Social drinking at a dinner party. Oh, a movie with a dinner party. Um, And a raging river. <laughs> a raging river at a dinner party in the same movie is a little weird. I will say Drive. No. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to read all the profanity because there's not there's not a lot, and one of them is really funny to me. Uh, there are quite a few scenes that contain profanity. This is mainly towards the more intense spots, though. Two f words. One is muttered and hard to hear. Twenty-one s words. Thirty-nine uses of damn. Seven goddamn. Nine sons of bitches and son of a bitch. And forty-one uses of hell. One middle finger which is all one word, not middle finger, but middle finger. And then it says the Spanish version has a lot of profanities. Jeez. Um, <laughs> Why? Dust, dust till dawn? No. <laughs> I, I am, I am clueless. Um, they name this character, but I will not. Um, one of the characters is comically menacing. Comically menacing? Yeah. Uh, Johnny Dangerously. No, but that's a good guess. But I don't think there's any rivers in uh, that movie. No, not at all. Let's see. Uh, lots of guns fired. Small bombs thrown. People chased by monsters. Your typical moderately intense horror action plot elements. Huh. Um, Zombieland? No. Yeah, I, I, this does not sound familiar at all. Well, there's one clue in here that, I mean, that will absolutely, like, even if you've never seen the movie, we'll absolutely give it to you. So I know there's, I know you'll get it at some point. The same character who's comically menacing smokes cigarettes. Okay, a comically menacing character who smokes cigarettes. And there's a dinner party. Uh, breakfast at Tiffany's. No. Okay. <laughs> People, oh wait, no, that's that's the one that'll give it to you. <laughs> I don't want to read that yet. Uh, let's see. A man and a woman kiss at the end. That's ridiculous. Um, oh, damn it. I don't, well, there's only... Okay, the scenes where the monsters attack may be frightening and intense for younger children. I don't think I've seen this movie. I mean, unless it's Gremlins 2. No. Which would be a cool trick. <laughs> Gremlins 2 is is my favorite of the Gremlins movies, I think. Well, this is a new batch. Oh, yeah. I think that first one is legitimately scary for kids, at least. Yeah, I think so for children, yeah. Um, let's see. A man throws a knife, nearly missing another guy's... Well, that kind of sounds familiar. Although I bet that's been in a few different movies. Someone throwing a knife and almost hitting someone in the crotch. Um, hmm. From Dust Till Dawn? No. 
Okay. People are eaten by the monsters, but there is no gore shown. There are some scenes in which dead bodies are shown. Several monsters are in killed in violent and gory ways. For the monsters. A lot of orange monster blood is seen. Is this uh, Mars Attacks? No. Huh. An old man dies peacefully and his body is discovered. Huh. An old man dies peacefully and his body is discovered. No, this can't be the Godfather. We already did that one. Um, hmm. There's no raging rivers in the Godfather either. That's true. Old man dies peacefully and his body's discovered. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> no. There's a lot of rivers in that. Okay, here's the one. This is the last clue on here now. This is definitely going to give it to you, though. People are pulled underground with creatures eating them from underneath, and other people are forced to watch their loved ones be devoured. This is especially disturbing. Wow, I, I really don't know what this one is. Um, Monsters is it, that are underground. Is it people under the stairs? No. Oh, is it? What the hell is that movie where they're in the caves? Is that what it is? No. I, I honestly have no idea. Kevin Bacon's in it. I, I, is it other than is it Friday the 13th? I, I really don't know. No. Kevin Bacon's in it, and the dad from Family Ties is in it. Oh, oh, Tremors. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why I didn't get that, but... You've I seen that, right? Yeah, yeah, I have seen Tremors. That's what I thought. That's a good one. But this one, I'll, I'll make it a little easier. Um, let's see. Played seriously, we see a brief but graphic calf birthing, and their mother is in, euthanized by a gunshot. Her only. Oh, City Slickers? <laughs> yes. Wow. Comically menacing. Oh, okay, so Jack Palance. Yeah. He does smoke a lot, too. And I remember the knife scene, too. Yeah, I just watched uh, that movie somewhat recently. Yeah, I know. That's why I was trying to throw you off. Oh, okay. So, here is, here is the second one. And now, I haven't seen this movie, but I know you have. So, some of these might be bigger spoilers than I know. Um, no, <laughs> but, uh, okay. So let's see. I'll start with sex and nudity. Um, some sexual innuendo, including a reference to oral sex and incest. Huh, John Wick. Nope. This one, I actually, I'm almost positive you've seen this one, but I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think you have. Okay. Two Two of the characters get into an argument at a party which involves shoving. No punches thrown, however. Bachelor party. No. Uh, we see a close-up of a knife slicing through a person's throat, and then blood oozes out. Hard target? No. Oh, let's see. One of the characters wrestles and throws a girl across the room in attempt of rape until two of their friends barge in and throw him off the girl. Ooh. That sounds horrifying. Um, okay, so someone's trying to rape a girl and then two guys come in and pull him off. And I am switching some words for, like, I say two friends when it actually uses a different word, but I think they would give it away. Okay. Um, hmm. 
Conan the Barbarian. No. Uh, we see a woman's breasts, or bare breasts, very clearly in three back-to-back shots on a television monitor. Huh. Um, is this uh, The Running Man? No. I'm laughing at the next one I'm going to read, because I just read it. And this is this is kind of a reference to the earlier thing, which what I just said. The, the same character attempts to rape a girl at a party, but first they passionately kiss until he gets crazy and rips her shirt. We see her bra, but no nudity. Huh. Okay. Uh, American Werewolf in London? No. It's something like that, though. I know it. Uh, we see... Oh, wait. Yeah. We see several scenes of bare buttocks. Sometimes they're male. Sometimes they're female. And sometimes it's just not clear what gender the person is. Brackets. Because we only see the backside. Huh. Is this... Um, what the hell is the name of that movie? I, I just love how confused the person is. Because it's like... I don't know if I should masturbate at this or not. I can I can't tell what gender this this ass is. <laughs> is it Hostel? No, I have actually seen Hostel. I don't like that okay. movie, but I've seen it. I, I, I enjoy it. Like, I, I think it's I think it's tense. Yeah, it's I think it's too much for me. Yeah, it could be. Um, the same rapist character smashes his head through a couple of car windows. We can see blood dripping down his face. Holy shit. Um, huh. Ooh. Is it? No. No, I don't think it's that one. Um, is it The Faculty? No, but I was actually thinking about that earlier. I just couldn't remember the name of it. I was going to do that one. Yeah, I think we saw that together in the theater, I think. I know I saw it by myself on Christmas Day. I don't know if I also saw it with you, though. I think I I want to say why well, like I think it was you me and like Colin and maybe a couple other people or something like a group of us went I think I thought I think you were part of it but maybe not I don't know. Oh. Um, a woman wraps a rope around her neck and a man pushes her off some scaffolding. We see her body dangling from the noose. This is shown a few times. Well, I think I know what this is now. Actually, it's uh, the Blair Witch Two. Yes, correct. Yeah, I like that movie. Book of Shadows. I, I knew you'd seen it, but uh, I have not yet. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I, I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's 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 not a great movie, but it's enjoyable, and that's all I have. Yeah, I you know I, I like some movies that I wouldn't call good movies. Yeah, I think this one's a pretty good clue. I, I think you'll get it if you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, then I'll add a clue that I don't know if it's on here, but it'll give it away right away. Okay. So, uh, what, and I'll use the real word. One player gets hit in the leg, which breaks, and after he lands, you can see his middle part of his leg. Yeah, see, I, I had a feeling that it was like Roid Rage. When, and I almost said one of the movies, but I guess, I guess, I guess this does happen in that movie. I was thinking that it didn't, but I guess it does. Is it the program? Yeah, the program. Yeah, that's what I thought. I like, I, last, the last clue I thought about saying that, and I was like, Oh, uh, but I don't. There was one thing that I can't remember what it was, but there was one thing I'm like, I don't know if that happened in that movie. Yeah, the the part where he's like, that was in the preview where like he, he's like starting defense, he's like smashes cars with his head for some reason. Yeah. The next, yeah. The next clue I was gonna give was they, you know, they lay down in the middle of the road, which I think they cut from the movie because people actually tried that and died because yeah, you know Darwin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Yep. So another successful parents guide game. We'll continue it next week. Uh, but now for the main topic of the show. Oh wait, wait uh, do we have a promotion? Oh yeah, that's right. We should. I, I don't think I did one last week either. Uh, so this week we're promoting another great podcast on the site. It's the next one on the list. Hey, if RJ doesn't have to look it up, I don't have to look it up either. <laughs> so I don't. We did the skeptical skeptics a couple week a couple weeks ago. I know it's not that. It's somebody else. Here you go. Listen to them. In a world where digital content barrels towards us at relentless breakneck speeds, where posts and memes and tweets and snaps rain down a punishing assault of attention-grabbing data. Three heroic podcasters with a strong background in broadcast media are taking on the internet. Each week, we break down the trends, technology, and connections that are transforming our lives. We are Things I Found Online. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that was them. So check them out. They're they're good. They do a show on the network. Uh, so main topic, uh, if you want to call it that, we uh, we watched some stuff. Mike, uh, what did you watch this week? This week I was uh, again heavily into Mr. Robot. I'm really liking the show. Mm-hmm. I like that it's a, you know, a complicated, like, plot, you know, it's not like, you know, it's like, oh, well, I, I, I uh, threw the uh, cat out of the window or something, I don't know. <laughs> that was a plot of, uh, like, I think Coach, like, their dog jumped out the window in one episode, it was really weird. <laughs> Your Coach was known for their, uh, their intricate plotting. Right, but I um, mean, yeah, it's, and there was an episode, it was, I think it was season two, episode six, it's the most ridiculous episode ever, like, the entire episode's, like, shot like a sitcom. Obviously not the entire episode, like the first half, but Alf makes a cameo in it. What the hell? It was so weird watching it. I'm like watching it, all of a sudden, like Alf is like uh, he like pulls up in a car and he runs somebody over and goes, "Get out of here, quick!" You're talking about Coach? No, no, I'm talking about Mr. Robot. Oh, okay. What? I was gonna say how. <laughs> How did you know the episode, the season, and the episode number of a coach episode? Oh, of course I wouldn't watch that. That piece of shit, uh, Bill Faberlucia, is in there. <laughs> yeah, you know, season six uh, or season two, episode six of Coach is called uh, "I'm in the mood for Luther." <laughs> you know, that was probably the one where they lost the big game. <laughs> yeah, 1989. Uh, what a year! What a year to be alive. Right, but yeah, so it was like a really bizarre kind of like segue in the episode. But it was—it's a—I really like the show. I think the fourth season is coming out uh, in October, so I should be caught up by then. But I'm—I'm I'm enjoying Mr. Robot. Uh, what have you been watching? I watched the what's his name, Amazing Jonathan documentary on Hulu. Oh, I heard about that. Was it good? It's really interesting. I don't know if it's good or not. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that it's it's kind of hard to tell if it's real or not. Is that what the case is? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, I, I, there are lots of things. Now, I think there are things in it that are real. See, calling it a documentary is like calling me a movie reviewer. I'm, or like calling a Norm's book, you know, based on a true story uh, autobiography. Exactly. Like, I, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's almost Andy Kaufman-esque. 
uh, which I think they mention, you know, in the in the actual documentary, there are things in it that are clearly real, and there are things in it that I think are, you know, just for humor's sake. Um, for instance, uh, so. Now, the amazing Jonathan in 2014 was diagnosed with cardiomyopathy uh, and given a year to live. And I think that's true. I heard a lot of news reports on it, although they make you question it. Yeah, I heard that. I heard an interview with him at the time where he had said as much. Like, so I, I assume that was a real thing. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, you know, but they make you question it in the documentary. And the, the Ben, the, the name of the director of the documentary, questions it as well a lot of it turns out to it's not even so much about the amazing jonathan's life it turns into uh about the director ben and his his struggles with trying to do this documentary it goes in it goes into a lot of his life uh and talks about his um his uh his mother and how his mother died when he was 11 of uh cancer and he is interested in doing things about death and, and things like that. And so that's one of the reasons why he thinks maybe he was attracted to this and he doesn't know if it's the right motivations and stuff. Yeah, it, yeah I don't know. I, I haven't seen like much of his like act or anything. I know my wife likes him a lot, but like he, I, it's all violent. Like he's stabbing himself and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, and he's a big like prankster kind of guy. So I think that's part of the reason why I think they worked together. Basically, I think the amazing Jonathan and this and this uh, uh, Ben Berman guy that directed the movie, um, you know, kind of worked together on it. Uh, there's there's writers on the the documentary, so you know, credited. Uh, the writers are uh, Clark Baker, and it says creative consultant Benjamin Berman. Uh, Joshua Cohen, also creative consultant, and Kirk Johnson, creative consultant. So huh. I think that, um, you know, I think some of this is, is clearly fabricated. But sure. um, it reminds me a little bit of Adaptation by Charlie Kaufman. Okay, it sounds to me like, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop, the Banksy uh, documentary. No, I haven't. It sounds like that, like where it's like you're really not sure what's real and what's not, which I, I, I think it's a fun way to do a documentary. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, it's not really a documentary unless you're documenting a thing that the audience isn't really aware of, which you're documenting. the Right. Yeah, wasn't like Windy City Heat like that? Or there's something like that where there's like a guy they convince is like a, a star of like a sitcom, but it's all like a big. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But uh, but yeah, so it's like. It's, uh, you know, yeah, that's, uh, what was that? Windy City Heat was like early 2000s, I think, right? Yeah, I think, I think Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla had some involvement in it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it is, it is a little bit like that. And, um, you know, um, so like they, at one point, they show, they show the amazing Jonathan smoking meth. <laughs> yeah, I heard he claims he's like a meth addict. Huh? Yeah. And, I just, that's one of the things that I don't buy. And they're like, they, he's about to smoke meth from this uh, from this pipe. And then all of a sudden it blacks it out and you hear this voiceover and it's like, 
Yeah, um, you know, I was just talking to my agent and everything, and it's not really a good idea legally to show me. Like, like he was like, you can say that you do it, and that's like one thing, but but then if you actually show yourself doing it, then you open yourself up to legal. So I don't really don't think we should do it, or we should put a black box over it. So it's like black box appears. But I mean, if a dude had cardiomyopathy. I just can't imagine. I mean, I could understand if he were addicted to, because he claims he was addicted to cocaine, and then he moved on to speed. But by speed, he means meth. Because, um, like, as his wife points out, I was like, I didn't even know you could smoke speed. And he's like, well, actually, it's meth. Um, and Because uh, she was like, yeah, I'm really addicted to meth. And she was like, or merely addicted to speed. So she continued to date him. And she was like, but if he had told me he was addicted to meth... Then, um, or that he takes that's, that's a deal breaker, yeah, exactly. So it's like, I don't really quite buy that. Um, but yeah, like if a dude had cardiomyopathy and he, um, was doing uh meth every day, I, I, I'm pretty sure you'd just die. Um, like I don't think they gave yeah, him a year know. to live and it's been almost five years now. Yeah, so, I, I, I remember that years ago. So I was surprised that he was still able to do a you know a movie or documentary. Yeah, well, the whole thing is about him. Like, it starts out basically talking about how he he's bored every day. You know, he did a show in Las Vegas from like 2003 or something like that, or 2001 or 1997 or whatever it was until 2014 when he retired after he got this cardiomyopathy, um, uh, you know, um, diagnosis. Diagnosis, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's got a nice house in, in Las Vegas, nice pool and everything. And basically it's him and his wife saying, you know, it, you know, it's, you don't have, well, I don't have to do anything, you know, cause I'm retired and everything, but it makes doing anything like a big pain in the ass. He's like, Oh, we got to mail, you know, I got to mail a letter in two days. And it's like, Oh, I that's going to suck. I thought the, like meth did the opposite. Yeah, well, that, and that's the thing is, like, I don't, that's why, that's why I just don't think that he really is, is addicted to drugs. And that was part, that was kind of part of his act, like, you know, like, jokingly, you know, like, uh, oh, I do cocaine and stuff like that. And there's this big, like, this big thing of, quote unquote, magic dust. And then he'd snort it, you know, is like part of his magic act. Um, but I just don't think that, uh, I just don't think that he really is addicted to drugs. I, I understand that if he did have a drug problem, it could obviously lead to cardiomyopathy. But I think he just just has cardio, like natural cardiomyopathy, unfortunately. And I don't really think he's doing drugs. At one point, this Ben guy says, "So he wants to see." Okay, I got to get into this part too before I because this it, it it bears on the other part. So he's doing the documentary, and at some point, um, Jonathan says, hey, you know, it's it'll be fun, you know, because there'll be another crew here, too. And Ben's like, what? And he's like, he's like go the next day, and he's like, yeah, you know, uh, these other guys came up to me, and they have won two Academy Awards for uh, Saving Sugarman and uh, Man on Wire, uh, these documentaries, and so, you know, they want to do the documentary, too. So you're both going to be here. And they don't want to be on camera. So he's got to block their faces out and everything. And it's it becomes this whole thing. Eventually, because every, like, every, like, 15 or 20 minutes of this movie, um, 
the amazing Jonathan will say like, because uh, they'll say like, yeah, it's you know weird with two with two documentaries going on at once. He's like, he's like, well, three really. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you don't forget about this person. And it's like, so he does that three different times. There are, <laughs> there are four documentaries going on at once <laughs> at some points. And he, um, so Ben's like, how am I going to make my movie unique? How am I going to make it stand out and everything? So he says, I want to show him doing these drugs on the documentary. And apparently he's got this tape of Jonathan saying, you know what? I, if you do the drugs with me, then I'll do them on on tape with you. And so he calls a, a free consultation lawyer's office and says, hey, if somebody said something to me on tape, you know, that I have the tape of it, does that count as a verbal contract? Can I hold him to it? Can he back out of that? And apparently the lawyers were like, well, you know, I guess technically you could hold him to it. So he shows him the tape and he's like, Amazing Jonathan, without any explanation, immediately knows. And he's like, well, I guess I can't back out, so let's go do some meth. So then... They get the pipe. They get the pipe, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show this. I'm gonna show like him doing it on the air, on the, you know, the, uh, the tape and everything on my documentary. It's gonna stand out from everyone else's." And then it stops, and there's a voiceover that says, "You know, Ben, it's really not a good idea for you to do these drugs uh, on tape. It really opens you up to a lot of legal liability. I just, I know you want to make your documentary stand out, but I just don't think it's worth the legal hassle you're going to get yourself in. You really want to black it out and everything. So he blacks out him doing the crack too, or the the meth too, and uh, so it just cuts to him the next day, just kind of sitting there, uh, you know, in this hotel room." Like just looking completely, you know, like like hungover, but hungover because you just did a drug, you've, a very hard drug you've never done the day before. Right. Um, so at, at some point, one of the the other award winning film crew they finish their their movie first and they screen it in Vancouver. He flies to Vancouver and he he comes to learn that the guys that did Man on Wire and Sugarman uh, Saving Sugarman have nothing to do with this documentary even though the amazing <laughs> Jonathan said that they did. So he he hires this guy to ask a question in the audience about the documentary. Uh, and ask if it was like they, when they filmed those movies. And they were like, um, uh, well, you know, no, you know, it's, it's like a different process and, you know, it's like all this stuff and everything. So eventually he flies to, he feels, he starts to feel bad and he questions everything, he starts questioning everything. And he questions the amazing Jonathan, uh, like in an interview that they do, you know, do you really have this cardiomyopathy? Is this just a, a prank that you're pulling on everyone to get all this attention for yourself? And he and, said, me, me prank you? You're my hero. <laughs> That's kind of what he says, basically. I mean, not the you're my you're a hero part, but he's like, what would be the prank? What so I can never work again? What's <laughs> what uh you know, what good does that do me? You know, and all this stuff and everything. And um, so Ben starts to feel bad, and he wants to make it up with him somehow. So he flies to London to talk to, I think the guy's name is Peter Chin. It's something Chin. Sean Chin, maybe? Uh, he's the, the producer of both... <laughs> Sean <Ma> Chin? <laughs> he's is, the that the, is that the Asian knockoff of Sean Penn? 
<laughs> but he's the he's the um, the producer of both uh, or Simon. I think that's what his name is of both man. Oh, on, well, never mind. <laughs> both man on wire and uh, saving Sugarman. And he says to him, "Yes, yeah, Simon Chin. That's his name." He uh, he says to him. You know, he he first he starts out and he gives he talks about all this stuff and he's like, you know, did you have anything to do with this movie? And he says, no, you know, we didn't. He's like, I read something about it. I read my name associated with it, and I thought it was weird. And I checked, and we, you know, we didn't have anything to do with this uh, with this documentary, so I thought it was really strange. Um, but he never followed up on it apparently, <laughs> and and, um, and uh, he uh, you know, so he's like, he he gives this really impassioned speech about how he. He thinks that Ben thinks that, you know, he like he kind of screwed things up with the amazing Jonathan, and he thinks that um, that the you know he questioned whether or not it was real, and he just feels bad and everything. And then he turns it into a pitch at the end of the thing, and basically says, you know, do you want to produce my documentary? I think it would be really nice for the amazing Jonathan if you produce the documentary. So the guy agrees to executive produce the documentary. <laughs> And then he goes to Detroit. Uh, the Amazing Jonathan was born in Detroit, by the way, for, for those of you yeah, that, that, that don't know. Um, he was born here, and there, there are several um, you know, different scenes that take place here in, in Michigan. Um, but he's at his mother's 90th birthday. And so he goes there and he says to him, he's like, you know, yeah, you know, you thought that they were part of this, this thing. They weren't. Um, but I got him. I actually got him. So now... You know, you said that on the radio and everything, and, and you were always telling the truth or or whatever, because now they are producing this documentary, you know, on you. And uh, he's like, oh, okay, he's all like all excited about it and everything. And then it, it basically ends, and it says like it, in big letters, it says executive produced by Simon Chin. And then it goes to show the real executive producers, like the actual executive producers of the uh, of the documentary. Um, and that's kind of that's kind of how things end. Except over the credits, uh, there's a phone call from Simon Chin, and he says, "Hey, uh, so here's the thing. I was talking to to one of my people at our LA office, and apparently that other documentary film, you know, you were talking about, uh, unbeknownst to me, the uh, my partner that's in in LA, he loaned them some of our equipment." And stuff like that and everything. So I guess in a way I did kind of have a hand in this other documentary. I just didn't know anything about it. And so Ben just goes, huh. And then that's the way the uh, the movie ends. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely funny. It's really interesting. It's a documentary I think I want to watch a couple times like, sure. I, like I an American movie yeah exactly like I want to watch it a few more times to to try to because I'm sure there, I'm sure there are things that I didn't quite get or that I kind of missed uh from the first viewing and I kind of want to watch it again to to pick up on some other things but yeah it's one of those things where you have to kind of navigate through it and be like okay what's real out of this and what's not real out of this so if you don't like that idea then you're probably not going to like this movie. But if you think that idea is funny and, and interesting, then this will probably be a, a documentary that you'll really enjoy. Yeah, I think I'm going to check this out. Uh, maybe I, I might have a wife likes The Amazing Jonathan. Maybe she'll watch it with me. Yeah, it's and it's it's in, it's definitely interesting, uh, you know, learning. I learned some things about him I didn't know uh, that I think are true. 
and um and uh yeah but it's uh it's definitely it's definitely an interesting one it's an interesting movie like i said and and you kind of that's part of the game i think is to try to figure out what's what's actually true and what's not true and you have to you almost have to like kind of play detective on it but it's um I don't know. I I definitely enjoyed it. My wife was like, my I because my wife watched it with me, and she's her response was because I, I was like, what did you think of it? Her response was it it annoyed me throughout the entire thing. So <laughs> that's what I thought of it because the idea of, to her of this is a documentary, but you don't know what's real or not is a very annoying thing to her. You know, it's not. It's going to hit some people. That, yeah. It's going to hit some people like that. That's just how it is. Oh, I understand. Um. But yeah, I, I I definitely enjoyed it, and I think, uh, like I said, I want to watch it a couple more times to try to sort of piece together what's what's going on. And there, there's definitely a story in there um, that I think they're both in on together. Sure. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, another thing I watched, but I think maybe we should save discussion of this until next week. Did you watch the uh, new uh, Dave Chappelle special, Sticks and no, no, I want to watch that though. But Chappelle's yeah, one of my favorite stand-ups, so yeah, he's easily the best uh, working stand-up today. I would say, mm-hmm. not my favorite, but he's he's the best. Yeah, he's got a lot of skill at uh, at oh, stand-up. Yeah. But yeah, so maybe next time, if you would watch that, we can, we can talk about that. I have yeah, a lot to say about that. Yeah, I will. I will definitely watch it, and then we can talk about that next week. That's a good idea. All right. Cool. All right, well, that is our show for tonight. Uh, as always, tell a friend, you know, you're the one listening to this episode right now, but there are so many of your friends out there that might be contemplating suicide that want a phone call <laughs> of a good recommendation for a podcast that will make them laugh and bring some joy to their life. If you know someone that's suffering through cardiomyopathy, call them up and say, hey, laughter's the best medicine. Listen to Massive Late Fee. It doesn't matter that you've got cancer. It doesn't matter that you've got AIDS. Listen to Massive Late Fee, and you might not get better, but you're going to feel better. Yeah, but, but go to the actual doctor, too, please. Yeah, don't take the Steve Jobs, uh, you know, holistic route. Jeez. Actually, uh, actually seek out some Western medicine, please. Unless you're from the Church of Scientology, or no, not, well, I guess, yeah, fuck yourself if you're Scientologist. No offense, Scientologist, but... Uh, don't worry, they, they're, they're, uh, they're good natured, they roll the punches. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to worry about any kind of lawsuits. But, right. but I, meant, uh, I meant Christian scientist. Unless you're a Christian scientist, because uh, for some reason Christian scientists don't believe in the doctor. Uh, I don't quite get that one, but um, I guess at that point don't go to the doctor, but actually go to the doctor. I mean, don't if you're a Christian scientist, don't keep your kids from the doctor. Are you kidding me? Come on. Western medicine. Yeah. Great. This uh, was sponsored by uh, uh, the Church of Scientology. <laughs> yeah. This section sponsored by uh, Pfizer and the rest of the uh, Western Medicine Complex. Yeah. And uh, yes, that's all we have to say. So tell friends, uh, even tell friends that aren't dying uh, about, the, about the show. In fact, probably tell more friends that aren't dying than you tell friends that are dying because the friends that aren't dying 
quite frankly, will be around longer to listen to more episodes of the show than the ones that are dying. So I guess if I had to rate them in terms of value, friends that aren't dying are probably better than friends that are dying as far as recommendations for the podcast. That segment was entirely brought to you by Mark. (laughs) But... Yeah, don't forget uh, myspace.com <laughs> slash massive late fee. You want to make a top eight, you got to sign up. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, send us a message on, on Twitter. Uh, you can write to us at massive late fee at gmail.com. All that stuff. Uh, you can hashtag us too if you want. Hashtag massive late fee. And as a reminder for those from the Church of Scientology, we are the uh, skeptical skeptics. So uh, feel free to come. <laughs> yep. And uh, remember, our friends Massive Late Fee say, all hail Xenu. Uh, they think Xenu's a jerk. So uh, we, will, uh, we will see you next week. Bye. Later. <laughs>